Hey ladies, welcome back to Us Podcast, a space for us, by us. I'm your host, Ariel Q. So a while back, I sat down with Amy and we had a great conversation, actually two conversations, um, when she first arrived here in France. And then a little bit later on, I wanted to kind of pick her brain about how her experience has been going thus far. And we probably talked a total of three hours. Um, so I got it down to an hour for you guys. But I wanted to share another story of a black woman making the jump, the leap to move abroad and experience something different. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Amy. I want to introduce my guest today, Amy. Uh, she is African American, and she's been living in France for what? Actually, um, I'm I'm actually not African American. I'm African. Oh, excuse me. She's African. Look yeah. at her trying to represent for her people. She's like, wait a minute. <laughs> I'm not African-American. I'm African. Get it correct. Okay. So she's African via, via States. Can I say that? Yeah. Okay. Uh, she not recently had, but, uh, about a, m- a month or so, maybe two months ago, moved to France. Two months, yes. Yeah. Two months ago, moved to Paris, France. And I just wanted to talk to her about her experience so far. Um, and yeah, basically. Hello. Hello guest. Hello. <laughs> okay, L. And by the way, uh, she has. You have a YouTube channel. Yes, I do. She has a YouTube channel where she talks about her experience of being a young black female living in France, and you should definitely go check that out. Um, I will link everything uh, for our listeners who is interested in following her. We should all, if you are listening and you're interested in following her, follow her because we've got to support our sisters and their, you know, their adventures to live abroad, open businesses, talk about their experience and et cetera. All right. So let's get into it, Amy. Amy is early 20s. Yes, early 20s? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Amy, you okay over there? <laughs> yeah, I'm good. I thought you were going to continue. <laughs> All right. So Amy is early 20s. Um, she, yeah, she moved to Paris about a month ago, two months ago. Um, yes, uh, just early November. Early November. And for the listeners, Amy, tell me, what. tell us what you, you're currently doing in France. So I'm doing a program called Tapif, and it's basically a program where you can come here to France. They have it in a lot of different cities here in France, and you can be an English teaching assistant. So you basically help out the English teachers at either an elementary school, middle school, or a high school. I'm working at a high school, and I basically just do... Um, I do presentations sometimes. Sometimes I lead classes, but I'm basically just an assistant to the different English teachers. So that's kind of how I was able to come here and live in Paris for a while. Yeah. And how did you come about finding this program? So I first learned about it my freshman year of college. And at first I didn't really um, think about doing it at all. But then last summer when I was studying abroad here in France, one of my friends that I met kind of was talking to me about it. And she's kind of what got me interested in actually pursuing the program. Mm -hmm. So then my last year of college, so 
like last year around this time is when I started applying and doing all of the like the whole application process. Okay. And uh, for you to make this move to Paris, did you did you have like um, how do we say? Um, oh my gosh, I've been out the states too long. What do what do we have? Um, work with me here, y'all. Um, scholarships. Do you have like scholarship scholarships? Or, yes. Did you have scholarship funding, or did you just save up to move here for this program? Yeah, I had to save up my own money. It is a paid program, though, so I had to pay to get here and mm-hmm. like get my visa, plane ticket, and all of that. But I do get paid while I am here, so. A scholarship isn't 100% necessary. Mm-hmm. You just have to save up enough money to actually move. So. How long did it take you to save up? To be completely honest, I should have saved a lot more and worked harder. Mm-hmm. But but I was just through doing my last, sem- last semester of college. And obviously, this is all through the pandemic. So I did my last semester of college, and I didn't even worry about saving up for the program until this summer mm-hmm. when I actually got accepted. So that's when I got a couple different jobs and started saving up enough money to come here. Oh, yeah. Okay. So let's say with like in a three to four month period? Yes, yes. Okay. Okay. So I remember you know, so long ago, because I've been lived here so long. But I remember when I was doing the process to move here, and it took me about a year, a year to save up. And I still did not have um, as much funding as I wish I did. Yes, <laughs> that's so true. Did you move here um, to work, or how did you end up moving here? Um, so I was... Um, Living in New York, I um, was m- doing multiple jobs because it, the the New York mindset is very much a hustler mindset. You just, mm-hmm. I mean, it's very rare that, I mean, it's not super rare, but it's rare that you have one position that pays, ev- you know, yeah. everything, especially when you're first starting out. So while I was interning at two different places, working, I was working as a stylist assistant yeah I was working as a stylist assistant and managing a yoga center so and going to university yeah that's a lot it was a lot so um while I was managing a yoga center um one of our clients um she would always bring her children in and this is a woman who's of a certain wealth and uh you know uh the owner was like oh yeah she can you know the child can just sit up here while you take your class and blah 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 so i would end up babysitting as i'm trying to manage a yoga center (laughs) and um the mother just said you know basically you're um really good with kids she was uh, french i think she was french or her husband was french i i don't recall but she just basically said I was good with kids and had I thought about being a Jean-Philippe au pair, I didn't know what that was. I'm a girl from the South. I, I was like, what yeah. is that? Um, and so she broke it down to me. I did some research. Um, and it was at a period in my life where I was burnt out of New York. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was basically the positions that I wanted to carry over into a career Um I couldn't, I couldn't get into, I mean, it was really difficult because it, you know, it was a, it was fashion and I wanted to work at, you know, high end luxury labels. And it was like, I would go in the office and there was, there was none of me. There were no, you know, no black women. 
I, I mean, no, no black women, no women of minority in most of the um, offices that I interned at or not went to interview at or interned at. So um, anyway, I decided, you know what, I need a break from New York. I went through an agency, found a, a host family, saved up for a year, and then I came here. And thank God, oh, okay. yeah. So through that, that's how I moved here. I came as a Jean-Philippe au pair, and I had a one French girlfriend. We interned for the same magazine. Um, and thank goodness. I think that was interesting, like, how the universe works, because I met her as I was kind of transitioning out of, like, okay, New York is wearing me down. And so I'm, I'm, I met my French girlfriend, and... And she was like, yeah, you know, I, I, you know, I'm going to go back to Paris. Like she's a Parisianer. Um, and she was like, I'm going back to Paris. If you ever come to Paris, let me know. And so I got oh, here. Cool. Yeah, I got here and I messaged her and basically voila. So that's how I moved here. Yeah. So I think it's a little different for you because when I finished college, I just moved back home. So I could save up a lot more money faster because I didn't have to pay rent mm -hmm. or food or anything. So I think that's probably why I was able to just save up in a couple of months, whereas it took you like a year. So. Yeah. Yeah, I sold everything, honey. I sold everything. My car. Like, my mother was like, you, you're doing a lot for someone who just got to take a break. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I know. She's like, you selling your car. Mind you, like, I... Um, I, you know, in my early twenties, I was that girl who like, I was very much adulting. Um, mm -hmm. I, so I was, I had, I was paying off stuff. Like my good credit, everything was paid off. And so my mother was just like shocked that I had sold my car because I brought it myself with my own money. So mm -hmm. she was like, wait, this is serious. Are you coming back across this water? <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> I was like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just going to, I'm just going to do it. Like there's no, I don't, you know, I don't have a child on my hip or a man on my arm. Like I'm just going to go and see what happened. And so now yeah, here I am. And yeah, I think it's, it's probably been the best, one of the best decisions of my life. Minus the bumps yeah. in the road. And there's been plenty. Yes. <laughs> Um, which you'll find out, which you'll find out. And you probably already experienced, which, uh, yeah. Sure. Um, okay. So you explain why you, you, what brought you to Paris. Um, let's get into your experiences so far. Okay. So in regards to your, I guess, I don't want to say career, not career, but like your, your job, there you go, your mm -hmm. job. What has been your experience so far as, a uh, I don't know how to say a foreigner working in a French establishment, a black woman working in a French establishment. What has been your experience? My experience with my job has actually been really good. I really enjoy um, going to class with the students. They're super nice and they're also very excited. Like um, some of the teachers will tell me that whenever I'm not there, they'll be like, oh, where's Amy? So I think the students enjoy having me in classes mm -hmm. and I enjoy being in classes. And I think also too, like my French isn't the best. So I think it's great that I'm working in a situation where it's English, so I don't really struggle at work when it comes to language. Mm -hmm. So that's been nice. And then um, whenever I'm in the like the teacher 
teacher's lounge, though, I think that's where I get to practice my French, where I get to listen to French speakers. Mm -hmm. So overall, it's been a really great experience where there hasn't been a lot of struggles, and I've really fit into the school system, so I really like it. Good. Okay. So your work experience has been delightful. How has, um, uh, like, finding a home and uh, (laughs) bank accounts and cell phones and doctor appointments and setting up your um, uh, social security, your card vital. How's, how's that been for you, sis? <laughs> it's, it's been, it's been going. <laughs> Slowly yeah. I've figured things out, mm-hmm. but it's just been a lot of struggling. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's just because like in the United States, obviously when you're a child, your parents do have all the administrative things for you. Mm-hmm. But I remember even like going to college and having to set up things for myself I felt like things were pretty easy, but here in France, it's like everything is 10 times as hard. You have like a million different forms to fill in. And if you make one mistake on a form, they make you redo it all over again. It's just, it's been a lot of struggling, but eventually I figured things out. Um, so in our last time we spoke, I know that you were kind of in limbo in regards to uh, a, a place to stay mm-hmm. um, and congratulations you found your own place I, I know that was a big <laughs> thing for you um, yes. how was that process so when it came to finding my apartment one of the biggest troubles was the paperwork mm-hmm. so in order to get an apartment in Paris you have to have a guarantor mm-hmm. and if you're not French it's really hard to have that so you can get one through the French government, but you have to apply for it. I ended up having to apply for it three different times because they kept rejecting it for whatever reason. So eventually I got it, but at that point I had already found an apartment and then got rejected for it because I didn't have all the paperwork ready. Mm -hmm. And then after I had all of that all figured out, then I found another apartment and I was super excited, but then I contacted the person like the day before I was supposed to go sign for it and he was like I changed my mind I found someone else mm-hmm. so that was very sad and I cried that day Aww. but but then um around that same time that's when I was looking and I found this apartment and I ended up um just deciding to come to this apartment it wasn't my first choice because it's um it's a little bit more expensive especially for how much I'm making mm-hmm. but it is in a really nice neighborhood and it's also a decent size it's a it's a shampoo de bone but it's um I think it's like 10.5 meters squared so it's not one of the ones that are super cramped oh, that's so I good. think that's nice yeah um and you know in regards to your landlord um How's that relationship? Relationship because um, in my experience, and as well as others that I've spoken to, um, you tend to when you're uh, when you're a foreigner, you know, you can have the landlord who tries to, you know, get over on you. Um, but also, there's a thing of like being black and trying to rent here is also a bit um, difficult. How was your experience with your landlord? Did you feel a certain kind of way about him, but you said about him or her, but you, you know, you dealt with it because you were just like at that point, like I need a place to stay. Or do you feel like it's it's a a decent relationship? So girl, (laughs) (laughs) so I have a story. I hope she like, 
I don't know if she's ever gonna hear this, but anyways. <laughs> it's so okay. We're all discreet first, here. <laughs> yeah, okay, so um she was actually super nice, if I'm being honest. Like she was super sweet and she like cleaned the apartment really well and all of our interactions before my move in day were great. Mm-hmm. But the first day that I came here to like sign everything, I realized that she's actually kind of racist. Mm. <laughs> and like as she was um because she was setting everything up and cleaning the day that I came here and as she was cleaning, she was talking about how the person who used to rent this apartment, I don't remember what country they're from. I think it was like some South Asian country, not India, but mm-hmm. I th- some South Asian country. She was talking about how they're all dirty and how like also like Chinese people and the virus and how they're all dirty. <gasps> and just from that day on, and I was like, why, why did I pick this apartment? <laughs> like, I don't know like what she thinks of black people specifically, but... I was just like shocked and I was just I couldn't say it. I was just like, well, it's kind of too late. I've already signed the paperwork, like what do I do? What what were some I mean Yeah. I just didn't know how to act, like it was so blatant mm-hmm. and and I was just shocked because I was like, this lady was so nice. Like, you really never know with racist people. Like you just it just comes out. I don't know. I think she was just comfortable. I just was saying those things around me, but I was just shocked. Yeah. Um, welcome. <laughs> um, yeah, I I feel like certain uh, people, white, um, Middle Eastern, Middle Eastern Asian, will will say will say things to you about other uh, cultures not thinking that we would have a problem with it. Like, as Mm -hmm. you know, I had, um, I experienced someone saying something racist about um, Arabic people. And I was like, that's, this is not okay. Like, this is not cool. I don't know why you think I would be on your side about this. Um, uh, I've had, uh, people say racist stuff about French African people, you know, as if, um, Mm -hmm. because I'm African American, I, I'm not, I'm not like that. Yeah. Like, and I was like, no, no, that's not okay. So in my experience, you have to kind of really talk to people and see where their headspace is at because you know, further along in the conversation, they show they, excuse my mouth, and I'm from the South, and we say people will show they ass eventually. Mm-hmm. So the deeper, you know, I tend to, like, really have a conversation to see where people are at, um, because for me, I don't want to associate my, myself with anybody who has any kind of racial, um, racial, uh, how do I say racial thoughts or visual visual about someone else uh another culture yeah because as a black woman i I already i i know how that feels yeah i just like as because i'm pretty sure she's italian but i just i think she yeah you're right how 
just because I'm not Asian, I think she felt comfortable being racist towards Asian people. But as a minority, I know how that feels. Mm-hmm. So I'm not okay with racism towards other minorities. Mm. So I just, it was really horrible. And so far, it like, um, has she, she's been delight like, like, she's not delightful, but she's been cordial. <laughs> yeah, she's, like I said, she's a nice person. Like, I, I, I hesitate to call her nice because when you realize someone is racist, it doesn't matter how nice that person is to you if that's mm-hmm. how she feels about other minorities. And to be completely honest, I don't even know how she feels towards black people mm. because she never say those things to my face, but who knows what she's saying to other people. So I don't know. I think when they tell you that racism in Europe is subtle, I think that's what people mean. Like it's more of the upper class, um, more affluent people who are going to be the more racist people. Whereas I feel like in the United States, like you see racism more as like people who are uneducated, but here I feel like it's the opposite. Mm, exactly okay um okay so you got your home you have an interesting landlord um how about you know uh were you able to get a bank account set up uh for, you know your yes. your cell phone yes uh my cell phone was the easiest thing i just went in and it was pretty simple mm-hmm. um i used the free mm-hmm free mobile um so that's been great and my bank account at first i tried really hard going to different bank accounts calling them and a physical one was very hard to track down especially before i had housing Mm -hmm. but then i one of the teachers at my school told me about n26 which is an online bank account yeah and it literally took like 10 seconds to apply for it and i had a bank account set up and so that's what I've been using to pay rent and I also to get paid like through my work mm-hmm. and I've been told that in order to do like social security and things you need a French bank account yeah but I was able to actually apply for social security with this bank account even though it's like a German bank yeah I haven't been rejected yet but, like, French administration takes a while. So maybe I'll get an email in January telling me that my Social Security is rejected. But we'll figure that out when it comes. For now, uh, I'm fine with this online bank account, and it's been working great. That's great. Yeah, I have um, yeah, I have the same bank account. Well, I have a, a French one, but I have this one as, like, an additional because... And I knock, I knock on wood that you don't experience this, but French... Like everything takes not just French bank accounts, but everything takes forever here when it it's so unnecessary for it to take forever here. But this is how they work. So I had an incident recently where my my I completely forgot the pin of my card, mm-hmm. and I kept trying it, and I was like, I, I literally had just left the store beforehand. But you know, I'm trying to Christmas shop, I, yeah. I'm grocery shopping, trying to get everything done before everything's closed down, and I was like. I forgot. I've totally forgot my pen. And so I, you know, I called the customer service and said, look, can you just, you know, send me my pen via text, via S- uh, SMS? Um, and she's like, we're going to charge you 10 euros for that. And I said, oh yeah. I was like, wait a minute, girl, 10 euros just to send me my code. She's like, yeah. I said, now y'all, y'all lying. Y'all doing the most. But I said, okay, I need my pen. Um, and so she sent me the pen. I go to I go the next day to like read to get my card functioning again. 
and it's not working. I go oh. talk to the teller at the bank. She's like, I'll email them and get back to you. Didn't hear back from her. So now at this point, it's it's the 25th. I'm like, I have no way to access funds for the next couple of days. Right? <laughs> so I did recall the customer service. And I was like, look, I went to the bank. I spoke to someone there. They said they were going to call you. I haven't heard back from her. I need I need, my, I need this to be working. Yeah, it is, <laughs> it's, holiday t- it's holiday season. Like, y'all are open and maybe every other day. Um... And so the lady said, oh, well, you you know, you just have to order a whole new card. I'm like, what? She's like, you have to order a new card because you've, you've tried your pen so many times, blah, 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 blah. I said, so when is this card going to get here? She's like, well, hopefully by the beginning next week. So I went four days with no access to my money. Yeah, it's just, I don't understand the French administration system. It's the worst. It's the pits. It literally frustrated me. And I was like, this... This is crazy. So this is why I think it's important that if you move here, you have a backup account in a different <laughs> in a different country uh, because it's... Oh, do you not have like an American no, I, kind of... Oh. No, because I closed down my American account because I wasn't ever utilizing it. I was always using my account, my European account. So I just mm-hmm. like, you know, what's the point? And after a while... Uh, the bank, my, my Pacific bank is a New York, New York base, New York base, excuse me, black owned bank. Mm-hmm. So it was a black owned bank in Brooklyn and, and they, you know, you pay for the account. Yeah. Uh, so I was like, I was sitting up there giving money each month and I was like, I'm not utilizing this account as much as I'd love to support, you know, this bank because, you know, it's so rare. Um, I, I don't need it anymore. Yeah. So I close it down and anything, you know, that have to do with in regards to money, uh, you know, I, I, you know, just, I, you know, use my parents. So it's, it's, it's doable. Yeah, for sure. So I, you know, um, so yeah, I understand how it's difficult to activate an account. Cell phone wasn't, cell phone wasn't that bad as well. I think, you know, cell phone wasn't that bad. Um, Free is an interesting company. They have, I mean, they have locations, but it's like when you go and talk to some people, they kind of don't know what to do. Uh, which that's kind of like everybody here yeah, in their position. <laughs> you go yeah, in here. Your French isn't very good. No, like they just, I don't know what it's, it's, it's nerve wracking. It's like, how do you work for this company and don't know? The question I'm asking you, do they not train you guys? They just give you a job but don't train you to answer, like, questions? I don't, you know, it's like, I don't know, ma'am. I, you have to go to the machine. The machine is not telling me, sir. Answer my question, you know. They're like, uh, I don't know. Yeah, so that's why I um, I think I'm going to switch. Because I have free, but I think orange is better because they have English-speaking uh, customer service. Uh, it's a bit, it's a bit more expensive, but I'm like, I'd rather have a little bit something, a little bit, pay a little bit more and have that ease of mind of like breaking down what I'm trying to explain to someone who understands. Cause sometimes you're explaining yourself and you don't know the correct terminology for what you're trying to say. And they're like, I don't know. And it's like, I, I want this. Try? Yeah. Like, uh, uh, yeah, sometimes it feels like 
French administration, like, they just don't try, and they just don't care. Mm. I've gotten hung up on, like, when I was apartment searching, I was talking to this person, like, an agency, and they couldn't understand me, so they just hung up. Mm. They like, did it, yeah. not even gonna try. Yeah, that has, that's also been my experience. I'm like, like, this is your job. So that's, you know, I think that's um, something they need to work on, too, is, you know, placing people in customer service and placing people who know exactly what their position is. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah. Um, okay. So we talked about, you know, your job. You've, you know, found a home. You're, you're kind of, you're getting into the rhythm of things. Okay. Yeah. But I want, oh, I forgot to mention this, that she moved here in the midst of a pandemic. A pandemic, yes. Yes. I, st I still don't believe it either. <laughs> when you first told me that, I was like, girl, why? <laughs> like, like girl was it like you really was trying to get out of wherever you was you was like oh i'm getting I on this really plane <laughs> uh, when i applied for the program like it was in february so uh -huh. the pandemic wasn't a thing like it was on the horizon but we didn't see it coming and so i applied for it and i got accepted and i was like yes we're in the middle of a pandemic but you know what i don't care oh gosh okay so it's um as far as traveling here, did you feel, um, at, you know, uh, uncomfortable and, uh, you know, at ease? It was a, a fine voyage or was it, how was that experience? So I feel like traveling here, my worries weren't necessarily catching the virus because I'm of the mindset that the virus isn't being spread in airports or stores, situations where everything is kind of cleaned. The virus is spreading because of idiots are throwing parties and mm. not being safe. So I feel like the airport wasn't my biggest concern, like catching the virus. But my concern was actually just being rejected because the rules were changing so fast in like October, November. Things are just always changing. And I literally came... Um, like, I got my visa at first. They weren't even allowing Americans to get French visas. Mm -hmm. So, but eventually I got my visa. And then literally a couple days before my flight, they announced the confinement. Mm -hmm. So I was like, holy, they're not going to let me into the country. <laughs> and I was so scared. But, uh, but I just, I think the reason that it wasn't super complicated for me was because my first stop was Germany. So I went from the United States to Germany and then to France. Mm -hmm. So I think that's why I was able to like slide in without too many issues at like border crossings. So that was my biggest concern, just not being led into the country. Even though I did have a visa, I think because of the when they announced the confinement, I was scared that they wouldn't let people into the mm -hmm. country. Um Okay, um, what else was I going to ask? Um, okay, so, oh, in regards to do you feel in the midst of, you know, starting this new, this new chapter in your life, um, in the, in the midst of a pandemic, how do you feel like emotionally? Um, because, you know, you're not able to go out and meet new people and like have some sort of social life. So how do you, how have you been feeling about that? 
Um, I feel like for me personally, I'm like mentally, I don't think it hit me as hard as other people because uh, even like during confinement, I had a job where I got to like leave my apartment, not every day, but I worked three days a week. So I got mm-hmm. to leave my apartment and um, interact with people at work, obviously. And then I also have a, like I do social media online. So I feel like I'm just always busy to begin with. Like even, like I feel like because I do have things to do, like social media and then my job, I don't have as much time to just sit around and do nothing. So I feel like that's how, why, that's how I've been able to get through confinement. Even when I was back home, like I had my family obviously, and then I also had YouTube. So I had things to do. So I think that's that's how I've been able to get through confinement mentally unscathed for the most part. Great. Um, uh, have you, since you've been here, have you, um, been able to like you know have a little chit chat with a French guy and you know <laughs> you know have you been able, to, been able to experience that yet so something that I've noticed um I don't know if it's just because of confinement but obviously like dating apps is the only way to really meet people these days mm-hmm. and it seems like everyone is looking for hookups, which is not what I'm looking for. Mm. So <laughs> it's been hard trying to meet people through dating apps. So romantically, not much going on here. <laughs> yeah. Um, we're going to have a part two of this in the spring. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see if I have any updates. <laughs> um, because I think... At, like you, when I first moved here, I wasn't about the hookup mentality. Like, mm-hmm. mind you, when I moved here, like, gosh, I feel so old, but here we go. Um, <laughs> mind <laughs> you, I moved here Tinder, Tinder and Bumble and Humble and Grinder and Winder yeah. and all these things were not, av- not available. So you had to actually go out and socialize to meet someone. Imagine. Which was perfect because nowadays guys, you know, you meet them off of social media and they can barely speak two words. And you're like, wait a minute, what happened to the confident guy, you know, that was typing and, you know, sending me emojis like you're you're a hermit in front of me. (laughs) <laughs> you know? oh my god i have had experiences like that so much um like i mean like back in the united states like back at college like mm-hmm. you'd be talking to people online and then you meet them in person and they just are not the same almost mm-hmm. and it's just crazy yeah yeah it's it and it's um it's it's the pits i think especially at my age i'm you know i i can go out and socialize with anybody no problem um and I find that um, in dating, you know, just in dating in France over the years, it's just gotten worse mm-hmm. because, you know, it's not, men don't, and even women too, but specifically a, a men don't make an effort. Um, they're, they they don't, they don't make an effort. And we're also living in a cultural difference. So as a African-American woman, I'm used to men, um, having the confidence and, and the social social skills, um, I'm used to them approaching and having a conversation with you, buying you a drink, entertaining you for a bit, even if they may not, after all, be interested. But here, um, I would say it's been ooh, 
before lockdown, I would say three, before lockdown, it was three years since a man, like an actual man approached and had a decent conversation with me, mm-hmm. you know, cause wow. I, yeah, like, cause I'm about wooing me, like, yeah, same. Woo me into, <clears throat> you know, woo me into, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah just sure. don't, just don't think just because you got a cute like, face. Like an effort. Yes. <laughs> Make an effort. And um, they're just not like that anymore. Like when I, yeah, like I said, when I first started dating here, the dates were incredible. Like, and that's something I, I wish you could experience the French men before dating apps. Mm-hmm. Because they made an they even though they're social like some of them are socially awkward and distant and introverted like they don't yeah. you know like American boys have a swag no matter what their what their race is like mm-hmm. white boys have it black guys have it you know Indian Asian if I feel like American boys have a swag about them whereas French men struggle with that mm-hmm. um. So, like, yeah, you'll you'll eventually experience it. Um, I'm rec- um, I like a month ago, I had a conversation with another African American female. She's lived here five years, and that will be up not this week, but next week. Which was also like we had a hour and thirty minute conversation about this, and we were talking about you know the the dating experience here, and it was just like, sh- sh- oh, excuse me. My phone's going off. And she was talking about like, they're just, they don't, they don't have this, they don't have that swag. Like they don't, mm-hmm. you know, they're just, French guys are different. Um, yeah, for sure. So you will experience that. I don't want to give too much away. I don't I... want to <laughs> deter you from dating a French guy. Um uh-huh. I'm so ready for things to actually open back up again, like restaurants and cafes. If anything, for the free food, but just... <laughs> <laughs> well, for the free food, what do you? Oh, ah, okay, I got you. I was like, wait a minute, who? What's she talking about free food? But I can get you now, like going on the date. Well, um, don't get your. I mean, <laughs> I don't want to give too much away, but. Just know you may need to keep a 20 or a 30 in your bag. Okay. <laughs> yeah, because it may not always be a free meal. He may hit you with a one-two of like, you want to split the check? Even though he's asked you out for dinner, if he actually mm-hmm. says, would you like to go to dinner? Because he may just say, let's go have a coffee. Oh, okay. Yeah. But well, yeah. You'll you'll learn the the French the French way the French way of dating. Um, okay, so what are um, what were your oh I know what were your expectations? Did you have any expectations, um, or did you have any like did you have this kind of like idea before moving here what mm-hmm. your life was gonna be? Yeah, okay, yeah, I see what you mean. Mm-hmm. First, with housing, I know everybody Everybody says finding a, an apartment in Paris is hard, but for some reason, I thought I would be the exception. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, it can't be that bad, so I honestly expected to, like, find a really nice apartment that's a really good price, and 
I expected, you know, like Emily in Paris, like a cute mm-hmm. apartment, a cute shower bag with a beautiful view. Mm-hmm. I thought that was gonna be We've already I already told you this. This is that is for that is <laughs> that is for a white girl. That yeah. <laughs> And even and even some white girls are like American white girls are like that is not it. Yeah, I I just it, it wasn't in the budget. I did not have that kind of cash. Like sometimes when I was looking for apartments because mm-hmm. I was getting really discouraged, I would like double the price just for like just to see if maybe I'll find something. And then I'd get sad because I'd be like, I would love to live there, but I can't afford it. So that was my first expectation that was shattered. Mm-hmm. Um, my other expectation was, um, like, a, a, the other thing that you hear a lot is that it's really hard to, like, find, like, friends. Like, And I feel like, especially because of coronavirus, it's, like, ten times harder. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I've really struggled making friends, mostly because I haven't been putting in the effort. But in general, like, I thought I'd bump into someone on the street and become best friends with someone, and that hasn't happened yet. So those are my two expectations that have been shattered. Well, don't I would say don't they have? Well, okay, yes, it's been shattered d- during this period. But I think once, well, once things open back up, there'll be opportunity for you to meet people. Like it wasn't hard for me to meet people, um, because. People are intrigued by Americans and people are intrigued by black Mm -hmm. people who come from America. Like they're, you know, you're going to get, you're going to get some interesting experiences from that, but you will meet people. It just, during this time, yeah, yeah, it's just during this time, it's, um, it's hard, but Mm -hmm. I would suggest, um, I think I mentioned to you before that there's a language exchange online. Uh, I'm not online on Facebook. Yeah. Um, and like I've been noticing, uh, people have been saying let's like Zoom group Zoom, you know, French practice, mm-hmm. just so that way you can you know meet somebody. Um, there's au pairs in Paris. I mean, even though you're not an au pair, it's still there's girls in your your age range to meet. Um, mm-hmm. there's that. So there's not meetup groups, but there there are group uh groups on Facebook where you can meet you know, have zoom meetings that way you're, you're able to interact with somebody. Um, so I would definitely advise that because I mean, to be honest, we, we really don't have a good idea when we'll have a normal life again. Um, yeah, like even with the, even with the vaccine, like we don't know how long that's going to take. Yeah. Um, it's interesting because I have some friends in Israel and, uh, the husband is already getting vaccinated. I'm like, wait a minute. How, how, how are you getting vaccinated? And they just delivered a box or two over here in France, but I guess they, you know, their country ain't playing around about protecting their people. So, um, but in all, have, have you also seen like, um, I think it's New Zealand's like, it's almost like they're on a different planet. It's almost like the virus doesn't exist there. Yeah, because they're prime. I think yeah, New Zealand. Yeah, New Zealand or Australia's prime minister is a woman. Yeah, it's New Zealand. Yeah, and she wasn't playing. And she, they're all fine. Yeah, she literally was like, "Shut it down." 
And exactly. this is why some, you know, men, I'm not going to go there, but let's just say women get <laughs> done. Like exactly. she was not playing. She shut it down. They're able to, you know, go and have parties, live their yeah, lives. Like concerts. Like I saw someone at a concert and mm. I was like, what is this? Yeah. Because they have a woman prime minister. And I think she was intelligent. She's, well, obviously she's an intelligent woman because she must have been keeping up on what was going on in China because she mm-hmm. shut down the country so quick and so fast. Yeah, and like the, the quarantines there were, like they're able to just shut everything down because of the quarantines as well. Like if you're going to New Zealand, like you have a 14-day quarantine. I think in like a hotel or something, it's crazy. I'm like, oh. Like, they really separate people out. I thought that was, I mean, I just thought that was... And then you look it over at at the U.S. and it's almost, it's just a dystopian, like, I just can't. Like, the fact that people, that the government is willing to sacrifice human life for the economy, Mm. I just can't. Like, so, I just, it really makes me sad to hear politicians talk about how, well, yes, we could save lives, but... What about the economy? And it's like, what about the economy? Is the economy, like, does, why is there enough value in the economy to, like, sacrifice thousands of people? I don't get that. Like, how can you put those two together? Girl. Uh, girl. <laughs> that That's, mm. don't, don't get me started, like. This is what I've been preaching. I've literally been preaching this for weeks now that people need to wake up, get it together, or people need to start thinking about how to get out of there. Even though, you know, we have had our election, we have somebody new coming in there, you know. It's just one person. Yeah, like, it's... Like, you can put perfume, but if there's poop in a room, it's gonna stink. Yeah, like, like, you can try, but... Exactly. So... I just don't, I don't know if, if I, yeah, I don't think Biden coming in there and taking over is going to be, um, it's not going to be enough. It's not, it's not. So that's, have you seen too the, there was like a tweet by someone that said that it's more important for Biden to put in people of color to office than it is for him to put in progressives. So people who are actually going to change the government system so you just realize that like that not much is going to change like yes they might put in more people of color but you know who else is a person of color the i forget his name but there's a supreme court ju- there's a um supreme court justice who mm-hmm. is black but he's one of the most conservative justices oh, ever. i know who you're talking about and yeah, I forget his name, but and he was put in to replace uh, one of the most liberal justices who was also black. So, yeah, I feel like this administration is going to be more about putting in people that are people of color mm-hmm. and looking progressive and using all the lingo, like Black Lives Matter, than they are about actually making black lives matter that's that's just my opinion though (laughs) you can take it as it is i don't mind look of course i want to see um people of color more in 
more in uh, these positions. But for me, it's it's not. It's not the only thing. Yeah, it's not the only thing. I, I want the best person for the job. Like, I yeah. rep for Bernie Sanders all day, every day. I personally feel yeah. like he would have been an amazing candidate president. Like, I just think he would have been a, a lot of his 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 viewpoints um, make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and it does it. I didn't feel like it excluded anybody. Uh, uh, it, it didn't exclude black, white, Asian, um, yeah. a Middle Eastern. Like I felt like his yeah. views were for the people. Mm-hmm. And he had uh, he had common sense. He was a little awkward, but <laughs> he had common sense about like things. He... Mm-hmm. And I yeah. just don't feel like. Um, I don't, I'm not, I'm, yeah, I just don't, I don't know about Biden. I mean, is he better than Trump? Hell yeah. But, yeah, 100%. but is he going to come in there and really regulate things? I don't think so. Yeah. And the other thing too is like, I think policy speaks so much louder than whatever kind of campaign slogan you have. And even when you look at, let's say, Kamala Harris, who is a woman of color, Mm -hmm. which is amazing that she's a woman of color, and it's amazing that she's going to be vice president. But if I had to choose between Bernie Sanders and Kamala Harris, who is better for the black community, who is better for females, I choose Bernie Sanders, even though he's a white man. Mm. And it's because if you look at his policy, if you look at his past, the way that he's... Um, the way that he's been a senator, he's fought more for people of color than I think Kamala Harris ever has. And when exactly. you look at her past and her policies, like she's hurt people of color in her own state of California. So that's why I think it's important. Yes, we need more people of color in positions of power, but I think this administration is going to blind us with people of color mm-hmm. and those people of color are going to be the people who are going to be helping us. Mm. Girl, you got me thinking now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I was a, I was a poli sci major in college. So no, I think, no, I think, um, no, I think you definitely touched on, touched on something. Um, I just, Oh yeah. I, I don't know. The state of America, America needs help. It, it does. It really does, you know. And I've had, um, I literally have two, three girlfriends, American, yeah, American girlfriends who are considering moving moving here because they just, they've had enough. They're, yeah. You know, they're, they're tired of um, feeling like a minority, you know, um, feeling like a minority, um, having to work a hundred times harder than, than the person next to them. They're, they're tired of, you know, how people, you know, the government is handling the pandemic. They're tired of their, their healthcare coverage. They're just tired. And as a black woman, you already have the, a lot of weight on your shoulders and, um, they just want to ease that a bit. And I said, I've yeah. been telling this, I mean, this is why I think this plat, these types of platforms where black women living abroad 
are so they're they're definitely needed because look, no matter where you go, my father has always said that no matter where you go, you are black. There's there's always gonna be something. You know, you are black. Yeah. So but if you can find a space where you know, you you know, you you don't have to feel that all the time, you know, or explain yourself all the time. Um, he says that's better. Because I don't, to be honest, living, I mean, only time that I, I'm, I, like, I really, I haven't dealt with um, that much racism. Ignorance, yes. Um, yeah. You know, uh, I've had one instance of being called the N-word to my face. Um, oh wow! Yeah, but this um, I'm just, when you when you hear it, when you, like when you listen to my podcast and my previous guest I have on, she's experienced this too. She's been and she's been here five, you know, going on five years. But she's had that. She you know she's been yeah. Uh, she's experienced the N word here. She's experienced ignorance here. Um, I have yeah, I have experienced racism but it's a very uh, it's not directly to my face it's it's kind of un, it's under how do we say oh gosh i've been out the states too long i'm losing my english it's kind of <laughs> under it's uh, it's 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 under i guess you could say undertone or it's kind of under the rug you yeah, don't I get what you mean. yeah it's yeah. not like like in america it's in your face you it's like bam but here you have to you you you, you that's what i'm saying you have to be in conversation and then you it's slowly but surely you're like wait a minute this mm-hmm. this is this is definitely racism you know um and um yeah uh but and there's so many different levels of um there's so many different levels of it here because um like i said i don't look uh, French, uh, French, Afro, uh, well, I don't look, um, at, like African. Okay. Um, so obviously I'm African-American, but because I'm African-American, there is, there's, uh, in my family, there's because of slavery, yeah, we're not, we're not fully black. Um, but am I black? Yes. But in my DNA, will you find some stuff? Yes because of slavery so you know on my mother's side a lot of the family members are fair not fair skin but lighter skin whereas my father is is a darker black man and I just happen my brothers are darker skin but I happen to come out with my mother's coloring so I never noticed that in America I never you know I never experienced oh you're pretty you know the um you're pretty for dark, like dark skinned old girl yeah. or like, I never expect, or you, you're not, um, uh, I've never experienced some of the things that, uh, uh, black women I've heard have experienced in the States in regards to their, the color of their skin. Um, but in moving here, I have, you know, a couple of times I was told that I was, that I'm obviously not, I'm not just black. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm I'm black. Like, honey, how black are you? I'm blackly black, black. 
Like, I mean, oh. like yeah, like yeah, that's so weird. That sounds weird because they're like your hair. Um, it's super, you know, your hair, and I'm like, what are you talking? About? I wear my hair what natural. But it's because it doesn't look like the French Afro women's hair here. My skin is brown. It's not dark brown. Um, my features are not as prevalent as maybe a, a French Afro woman or man. Um, so I'm to other people. I, they say that I, you know, that I must be. Uh, they, they a lot of times I get them from the islands, mm-hmm. and I'm like, no, I'm African American, and and they're kind of puzzled. Um, yeah, which is it's really interesting to me that dynamic. But um, in living yeah, here, I've definitely you... heard that. Mm-hmm. I've heard that though, like when it comes to racism towards black people here, it's less about the blackness more than it is like someone being African. I feel like if you're African American or American in general, like if someone was talking to me in English and they hear that I have an American accent, Mm -hmm. they're not going to treat me the same as someone who's like actually African African. Mm. I mean I mean I guess it's complicated because I'm African, but because I grew up in America, Mm -hmm. no one's going to ever guess that. And that's come up in some conversations as I've been talking to people, like, on, like, different dating apps. And I guess they think it's kind of interesting, but I definitely feel like there's more of a preference for, like, African-Americans more than there is for, like, African people. Mm. Like, no one would ever tell me to go back to America, (laughs) you know? Yeah. But they're fine with telling Africans to go back to Africa. Yeah. Definitely, definitely that Africans are treated completely yeah. different than African-Americans. And this is why I say it's... That might also be that might also be why my landlord thought it was cool to be racist. Because I guess, like, um, to her, I'm American and mm-hmm. I'm not, like, I'm not African. So I'm not, like, the dirty <laughs> Africans. I don't know. But... I think it's an interesting dynamic. Yeah, you'll you'll see. Um, after years of being here, you'll you'll hear and see some stuff, and you'll be like, "Wow!" Someone someone actually commented on my one of my videos um, on TikTok. They said because um, I was speaking in French, and they said, "Keep your American accent," <laughs> and I'm guessing they meant uh, so that I don't get treated the same as like. Um, someone who's like Afro French. I thought that was really interesting. Really, they, well, no, or that, or because French people love when when we speak French. They, yeah, especially guys. They're like, ooh, when you speak French, it's so I, yeah. Um, I'm sorry. I'm gonna look up the comment because it said something about like, um, like telling me to, that I should keep my French ac- or my American accent. Ugh. Oh yeah, they said keep your American accent. It's a shield against racism. <laughs> and I was like, okay. <laughs> I mean, but they do have a point though, because when you start speaking English, they're like, no, but it's just like um, I a store one time I was in the metro, uh, 
uh, I've already probably told story. Anyway, I was in the metro with the, the guy I was dating at the time. Uh, he was he's French Af he's French Afro or Afro French, I should say. Um, we were were we dating? Okay, I'll say dating, quote unquote dating. <laughs> um, <laughs> and we were going through the the metro. Um, we were stopped. I, I, he, he did all the speaking cause of, cause of course I, I didn't know, you know, I didn't know what was going on because I wasn't used to getting stopped. Um, and I watched as white people were able to walk by no problem. Um, and how Brown and black people were getting stopped. And it was, there was a black woman and then the rest of the crew was white. And I remember specifically it was one rotund rotund white woman with a butch haircut excuse my my wording but there's no other way to term it um and she was so aggressive towards us in our situation because i came through and i didn't i came through um after him right and i used a ticket and the lady immediately stopped us because we were black and said that i did that i didn't pay to come through but i used my ticket and my significant other at the time said, well, just check the camera if she didn't come through. And she didn't like that because then oh. it was like, oh, well, if he's saying check the camera, then obviously she used her ticket. And I couldn't find my ticket because I, I had a large bag. I was like, look, it's in here somewhere. And I was like, I don't know what I did with it. And I had, you know, once I used my ticket, I put it at the bottom of my bag. So I had multiple tickets that I used. Like I said, look, I don't know what yeah, that. Yeah, I've had that. Yeah. And so this broton white woman, French white woman was getting loud and say, oh, you bastard did it. Mind you, she, she wasn't even there. She was checking other people. So they were dealing with a, like, um, another French woman and she was being aggressive and she started speaking really rude. And my significant, my person, the person I was with at the time, he started checking her in French, but he was a lawyer and he spoke really proper, like, he could switch that hood stuff, that hood stuff off in a minute and speak like proper French, you know. And so he's speaking to her and she's like, get in it. You, you, she, she didn't get it. And he said, ma'am, excuse me. He says, am I yelling at you? And she, you know, I under, I could understand. I was understanding a bit. And he was like, is she yelling? Were we, is she, am I yelling at you? She said, no. He says, I'm proper. I'm speaking to you calmly. He says, she did not, she did not pass through with me. She used her own ticket. She, he was like, can we check the camera? He says, if she if she just passed through, then there's no problem checking the camera. He says, why would I suggest checking the camera if she, you know? Yeah. And so then she was like, oh, oh, like this. And that the, and this, is, this is the problem here of a lack of common sense. <clears throat> because anybody with common sense would think, okay, if the man was lying, he wouldn't be saying, look at the, look at the video. Mm-hmm. And then like he switched up his, his tone and the the whole thing shifted. She was like, okay, well, <clears throat> and the black woman walks over and she's like, I, I believe that you did not. Um, I don't, I don't believe that you, you know, just did that because then I started speaking English and get, I was getting upset. I was like, why would I do this and this and that? And then it was like, when I started speaking English, then the conversation shifted, but I see how they treated me versus him. Because the rotund but white wo- French white woman was like, just give her the ticket, just give her the, t-, you know, 
And he kept, you know, calmly, ma'am, excuse me, but he was still continuing the conversation. And I was going off in it. And, you know, a couple of times he said, Ariel, stop. And I was like, ooh, that's hot. Because <laughs> he kept saying, you need, to, you need to stop. Like, stop getting, stop getting upset. But he, the way he did it was he was very calm, but with forces like, Ariel, be quiet. Let me handle this. And I was like, okay, daddy. But... <laughs> Because he just had that aura about him. And I was like, okay. And so I, I let him let him be the man of the situation. And obviously the French of the situation. So um, eventually the woman he was talking to was like, okay. He was, she was like, um, she gave us a, t- uh, she gave us a ticket and he took her information and like got camera number, all this. And he says, we'll handle it. He says, I'm a lawyer. She did not do it. And so the rotund one, she kept mouthing off, but the other two women there were like, okay, we don't think she did it, blah, 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 blah. But in that moment, I can see what it is to be African-American and be Afro-French and how they handle us. Yeah. So, yes, being, but even though with that being said, this is why I think I, I still encourage African-Americans to move here because they are treated better than if they were back at home. Mm-hmm. Um, and also there's just other issues that don't even get to race that you don't have to deal with here. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's just that. And plus I think, you know, more the dating pool would be better. <laughs> But I know of someone who's, you know, African-American who who met an Afro-French guy. And, well, I know two of them and both married and have children. Um, so I think maybe there is that thing of like Afro-French men handle African-American women obviously differently than Af- Afro-French women. Mm-hmm. Um, but... You know, I I put black love first and, and then girl, whatever makes you happy second. So I'm like, you know, sister, if you, if you, you know, a lot, you know, a lot of my girlfriends want to end up with black men. I'm like, well, if, you know, if it's not working for you in America, come to France, maybe you'll find him, you know? Yeah, exactly. So anyway. Okay, girl. Um, but do you have any questions for me? Um... In regards to living here and, I don't know, did you have any, yeah, do you have any questions, girl? <laughs> um, I don't know, well, I guess last time I had a lot more questions mm-hmm. because I was kind of struggling. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I don't think I have any questions this time because I've gotten through the hardest parts and now I'm mostly cruising. I'm just excited for it. Um, things to open up and for me to be able to actually experience Paris without the lockdown, if that ever happens. Mm-hmm. It feels like it'll never happen, but that's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah, I can't. I, I really want that for you. Like, I hope that you know you have a decent summer. You're able to go out, you know, date, make friends. Because I'm telling you, that's gonna right there. That for your channel is gonna really be the entertainment. Yeah. <laughs> Like if any, the most question, the, the most questions I get or the most, uh, yeah, the most question I get is how to, what is it like to be a, a black, black woman dating in France and, um, the making friends part. Mm-hmm. 
So I'm, a, you know, I'm just not going to say too much about that. I want you to definitely experience that. And it's going to, oh, it's going to make good story time for your viewers. Good story yeah, time. Because you're going to have some hot messes of the dates. <laughs> yeah. You're going to be like, really? So anyway. All right. Well, I don't want to keep you too long. Um, I think I got all my questions in. Um, let me see. Yeah, I think I got, I covered them all. Yeah. Um, but thanks. Thanks again for, you know, taking your time out of your day to have this yeah, conversation. Thank you so much for calling. All right, ladies, that's it for this episode. As always, I appreciate you tuning in. Like, subscribe, and share because without you, there is no us. Until next time.